0: mark twain by willa cather this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by tom merritt if there is anything which should make an american sick and disgusted at the literary taste of his country and almost swerve his allegiance to his flag It is that controversy between Mark Twain and Max Orell, in which the Frenchman proves himself a wit and a gentleman, and the American shows himself little short of a clown, and an all-around tough. The squabble arose apropos of Paul Bourget's new book on America, Outremer, a book that deals more fairly and generously with this country than any book yet written in a foreign tongue. Mr. Clemens did not like the book, and like all men of his class and limited mentality, he cannot criticize without becoming personal and insulting. He cannot be scathing without being a blackguard. He tried to demolish a serious and well-considered work by publishing a scurrilous, slangy, and loosely written article about it. In this article, Mr. Clemens proves very little against Mr. Bourget, and a very great deal against himself. He demonstrates clearly that he is neither a scholar, a reader, or a man of letters, and very little of a gentleman. His ignorance of French literature is something appalling. Why, in these days it is as necessary for a literary man to have a wide knowledge of the French masterpieces as it is for him to have read shakespeare or the bible what man who pretends to be an author can afford to neglect these models of style and composition george meredith thomas hardy and henry james excepted the great living novelists are frenchmen mr clemens asked what the french sensualist can possibly teach the great american people about novel-writing or morality Well. It would not seriously hurt the art of the classic author of Pudding Head Wilson to study Daudet, Des Maupassant, Hugo, and George Sand, whatever it might do to his morals. Mark Twain is a humorist of a kind. His humor is always rather broad, so broad that the polite world can justly call it coarse. He is not a reader, nor a thinker, nor a man who loves art of any kind. He is a clever Yankee who has made a good thing out of writing. He has been published in the North American Review and in the Century, but he is not and never will be a part of literature. The association and companionship of cultured men has given Mark Twain a sort of professional veneer, but it could not give him fine instincts or nice discriminations or elevated taste his works are pure and suitable for children just as the work of most shallow and mediocre fellows house dogs and donkeys make the most harmless and chaste companions for young innocents in the world mark twain's humor is the kind that teamsters use in bantering with each other and his laugh is the gruff haw-haw of the backwoodsman He is still the rough, awkward, good-natured boy who swore at the deckhands on the river steamer and chewed uncured tobacco when he was three years old. Thoroughly likable as a good fellow, but impossible as a man of letters. It is an unfortunate feature of American literature that a hostler, with some natural cleverness and a great deal of assertion, receives the same recognition as a standard American author that a man like Lowell does. The French Academy is a good thing, after all. It at least divides the sheep from the goats and gives a sheep the consolation of knowing that he is a sheep. It is rather a pity that Paul Bourget should have written Outremer, thoroughly credible book though it is. Mr. Bourget is a novelist, and he should not content himself with being an essayist. There are far too many of them in the world already. He can develop strong characters, invent strong situations, he can write the truth, and he should not drift into penning opinions and platitudes. When God has made a man a creator, it is a great mistake for him to turn critic. It is rather an insult to God, and certainly a very great wrong to man. Nebraska State Journal, May 5, 1895 I got a letter last week from a little boy just half past seven who had just read Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. He said, If there are any more books like them in the world, send them to me quick. I had to humbly confess to him that if there were any others, I had not the good fortune to know of them. What a red-letter day it is to a boy the day he first opens Tom Sawyer. I would rather sail on the raft down the Missouri again with Huck, Finn, and Jim than go down the Nile in December or see Venice from a gondola in May. Certainly Mark Twain is much better when he writes of his Missouri boys than when he makes sickly romances about Joan of Arc, and certainly he never did a better piece of work than Prince and Pauper. One seems to get at the very heart of old England in that dearest of children's books, and in its pages the frail boy king, and his gloomy sister Mary, who in her day wrought so much woe for unhappy England, and the dashing Prince Elizabeth, who lived to rule so well, seemed to live again. A friend of Mr. Clemens once told me that he said he wrote that book so that when his little daughters grew up, they might know that their tired old jester of a father could be serious and gentle sometimes. The Home Monthly, May 1897 End of Mark Twain by Willa Cather